0: Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. I'm an addict and alcoholic. This is a show for other addicts and alcoholics and also for their families and for anyone who knows us. If this is your first time listening, we have over 300 episodes in the bank. You can go back and listen to all of them. If you can't get to a meeting right now, which is completely understandable, you can go back and listen to any of our episodes. Please do. We welcome you. And if you like what you hear Please rate, subscribe, and like us, because it makes me happy. Gives me a reason to wake up tomorrow. I am super excited about this series. This week, my guest is my good friend, Jerry, who has done so much for my recovery. I used to be in a treatment center that was called um, Pomero, and they branded themselves as a treatment center for the reluctant to recover. And that's where I met Jerry. I was going to young people's meetings, doing lots of, um, I was gonna say Akipa, I think it's Saki in Southern California. It's like the young people's AA fellowship and we were also doing NA. And um, Jerry became a very dear friend of mine. He even drove me home a couple of times when I was dope sick and came to make sure I didn't have any stuff in my house. Uh, he's just hes just one of those very caring friends and somebody I've always loved and somebody I'm so excited to be back in touch with. But I couldn't be more thrilled to share his story with you guys. This guy has decades of recovery. He came in as a young person and he stayed. And I'm just so honored to share his story with you. Let's get to know Jerry. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. So this is when you get to tell that story again. I hate to make you do this, but, but well, welcome to Radio Rehab, Jerry. And you were just telling me about how you had to call your sponsor before you did this. Can you tell that story again?
1: So, like, what? Two minutes before I'm supposed to be on, of course, because, you know, great planning. And so I call my I call my current sponsor, Voicemail. I call my first sponsor, Paul, and he's the, he's like what's up, man? Your ears must have been burning. I'm like, okay, I need to bend your ear for like 30 seconds. I said, my friend does this does this podcast called Radio Rehab. He goes, really? Really, Jerry? <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, and, um, and, and I'm a little freaked out because I'm like really nervous. He goes, dude, you do this to me all the freaking time. Why? Why? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm really freaked out. He goes, did you use today? I'm like, no. Yeah. He goes, Okay, did you pray yet? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, did you pray that you don't step on your dick? And I'm like, ah, yeah. He goes, okay then, shut the fuck up, experience strength and hope, don't be an asshole, and (laughs) Perfect. Just do it. And he's like, you do this to me all the time. Every single time that you speak, you call me like 30 seconds before, not a day before. Not six hours before. Not hey Paul, I can't sleep. It's always like right before you walk on. I'm like that's because you're like my go-to. You're like
0: let's start off with how, how much yeah. how, how much time do you have again?
1: I got clean in November seventeenth, nineteen
0: ninety four. Okay, so and you still get nervous speaking?
1: Oh, of course.
0: See, I don't know if that makes me feel better or terrifies the shit out of me. Like oh so, oh my god. So I'll still be nervous. I'll, I'm, like I sweat. Like I look like I'm going through menopause the second I start speaking at a meeting. I'm just drenched. I'm like it's so hot in here, and people are bundled up with like scarves and sweaters. And I'm like it's so hot, and I'm drenched like a swamp baby.
1: Well, oh. like a swamp baby. Well, I mean that's it.
0: I mean I am a swamp I got baby because I'm you. from the bayou. You know. <laughs> You would well, think I'd get used to it. No,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and tell on myself a little bit. I have an air conditioner, a portable one, sitting right next to me. So jealous, and uh, it's um, about 68 degrees, and I blocked out all the sun inside of my room. So
0: love it. See, that's how I like to live.
1: See, the, the old the old goth kid that lives inside of my head has to have it that way.
0: I, mean, I was born, I guess, an old goth kid because you, know, <laughs> like you seriously, I wear blinders and fans uh-huh. everywhere. <laughs>
1: My friend calls, uh, calls me an elder goth, whatever the heck that is.
0: I think they- I'm married to one of those. I'm so glad he's wearing noise-blocking uh, headphones on right now. Reti- oh, my God. Okay, so for those of you listening, Gary is wearing a <laughs> shirt right now that says retired goth. Yeah. And I could get that for my husband. But he's such a retired goth that he never leaves the house. So, like, he's wow. this being like Bella Lugosi in a coffin. I love that. that
1: <laughs> I love that. Okay, he and I mean, I are to... No,
0: you guys are going to love each other. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great when I move back down to L.A. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll go out. We'll get a nosh.
0: <laughs> or, or you guys will stay home and I'll go pick it up while you guys are in your coffins. <laughs> you
1: know, like, well, I'll go yeah. get the food for
0: back. I know. Sounds good, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, I was just listening to Bella Lugosi's dad. You have to. That's you like have you have That's to. like the thing. The thing.
0: You do. <laughs> totally. Okay, let's start. Okay, yes. so let's start because I I totally want to have a, like a full on conversation with you, but let's start with your story, which oh. is it's so funny. You're nervous about telling that you've been sober since I graduated from high school, which is
1: easy, I- easy, I- easy. easy. <laughs> My thirtieth high, high school reunion. My thirtieth high school reunion was a little while ago. So,
0: okay, I want to cry right now. Uh, what? <laughs> oh no, that means I'm. Okay, here's why that's upsetting, because that means I'm coming up on it.
1: She's she's why only 22. Married? Don't listen to her. She's only 22. Not, she's lying to I you. She's that. lying to everybody. I know. Because I, know. I met Dana, Dana when she was in her 20s, and she will always be in her 20s, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Well, as far as a lot of people are concerned, especially my mom, I'll always be 10. So. There's that.
1: I could see that. I could see that. Okay, okay. And
0: I play math uh, alone on the toilet. That's, <laughs> me. that's, that's, that's my scene. <laughs> that's, a, that's how I stay sober.
1: <laughs> it, well, you know, you got to get in where you fit in, right?
0: That's right. Alone it's in the Little bathroom. by little. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's hear Jerry's story. Uh, move on. Go ahead. I'm so tired of it, though. It just okay. I know, right? I know. It's like whenever I get a new therapist, I just want to give them a pamphlet or brochure and be like, "Just study up, and then we'll talk."
1: I actually carried a copy of the autobiography that I wrote while I was in rehab, mm-hmm. and I used to whenever I'd go in to talk to a new therapist or a new paid-for friend, with air quotes, of course. <laughs> um. I would bring it with me and just hand it to him, Right. Like, so that way we could just cut right to the chase. Yeah. Now, usually when I go at uh, – we'll just not even – why do I have to preface anything? Um, okay. It's my brain. It's the way it works. I get it. Uh, it's all twic- twisted, twacked, and what did they used to say? I don't know. So <laughs> I was born – no. Um, <laughs>
0: well, you. If you want to start there, that's fine. <laughs>
1: Um, I have a father who comes from hardcore alcoholic Mm -hmm. background, very Irish. Um, I have a mom who, well, we all have, you know, um, I have a mom who's American born Chinese, whose dad was also alcoholic. Didn't know any of this, mind you, except for the dad part, because that's kind of hard to, you know, so. My whole life growing up, it was during the '70s, so everybody was smoking cigarettes. Everybody, hey, kid, have a drink of beer, kind of thing. I also have a brother who's eight and a half years older than I am, who uh, thought it would be a cute idea to uh, get his little brother high the first time. Yeah, yeah. What is eight? It? Eight and a half years older than I am.
0: Wait, how old were you oh. when that happened? You were? Are you saying you were eight? You can't hold up. Let me pull. Hold your hands up again so I can count them. <laughs> no, was that? I didn't see them. Was that nine? Did I Ninth, you see
1: nine? It, it was about you nine. Were nine? Years old. Yeah.
0: Oh. oh my god! Nine years old. And what? What happened? What, what happened when you did um, that?
1: Um, I thought I was crazy. Okay. Um, I felt really lethargic, mm. and that was like the first time. Right. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, a little sip of beer here, little little Jack Daniels there, and then. Um, I started hanging out with the, the cool kids, you know. And this is this is elementary school, mind you. Okay. So my friends were uh, eating pills mm-hmm. and uh, doing things that they shouldn't be doing, you know, typical, and uh, stealing from stores. And I stole a bottle of this liquor called Ancient Age. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it might as well be gasoline and caramel coloring. Because-
0: like disco? A little bit?
1: Uh, no, it's actually a really bad. He, he, he,
0: it's worse it's, than Cisco.
1: It's a bad whiskey.
0: Ew, ancient hey, age. Hey, okay. hey,
1: I put it in the same vein as as a cheap old granddad.
0: Right. So, so for those of us who have gotten sober in the last like five years <laughs> or ten years, <laughs> I would compare century. that to Taka <laughs>
1: or Royal Gate. Um, more like pop off vodka in the plastic thing. Yeah, there we go. That, that like was not that.
0: Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is much like the hand sanitizer that we're using now during COVID. So Well,
1: no. <laughs> yeah. You don't Every even time have I to put it sh- in my
0: hands up like trigger.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And my ears pop up and the demon horns come out and he's like, <laughs> "Hey, how you been?" <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You can go sit back down. <laughs> so, um, I took a big swallow off of that and it burned and I felt right with the world.
0: Mm.
1: It was weird. And again, I thought I was crazy and and the feelings passed. And I, I was one of the few kids that didn't throw up the first time that they drank. I drank probably a third of that bottle and I was fine. I, I mean, I was shithouse tanked, but I was all right. You know, right. I, I didn't die. I didn't go blind. So <laughs> um, I thought I was just fine. You know, I thought all the kids that went to my elementary school were doing stuff like that. So, um, my dad, because it was the 1970s smoked pot, you know, and, uh, I stole his pipe out of his drawer, out of the, the sock drawer, which is a great place to hide stuff, right? The sock drawer. This is
0: the first place we're going to look, dude. Yes.
1: sock drawer, mattress. Like what's up? The <laughs> little film canisters. Oh, you yeah. the film canisters? <laughs> for, for those of you who are like, uh, born after, I don't know. um, 85 uh, you probably won't remember what a film canister is because right. everything was digital but it's a little circular yeah it's a little container and it's
0: what weed was- used to come in is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that's it right. it's yeah, like yeah. oblong a little bit it's got that like oval shape to it
1: and yeah. a little gray pop top on it yeah 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 right. yeah, yeah.
0: so you yeah. either have to be born before you know 1990 or you just have to be a hipster who's using actual film
1: oh we'll get get into the hipster thing in just a minute so i stole my dad's pipe and my friends and i were going up to the frog pond to smoke cigarettes yeah (laughs) that's how that's how hick where i was and um it's not really hick it's it's up by magic mountain but back then it was nowheresville right and um so my friends and i i reach into my pocket and i have broken cigarettes in my pocket i'm like okay So I just stuff it inside of the pipe, and we start smoking it, and I'm wondering why I put a pinch of tobacco in there, and it went around us five times. And all of a sudden, it felt like the Bugs Bunny cartoons where they stick the pillow in your ear, and they pull it halfway out the other side to where everything sounds kind of muffled, and and I couldn't stop laughing, (laughs) but my... I've heard other people describe it as you and I live life on a stool that has three legs. And that was my fourth. Right. When that happened, I was yeah. like, Whoa, everything's <laughs> steady. This is kind of yeah. cool. And, um, again, I thought I was insane and I knew for a fact I was going to hell. Yeah. Started picking up, um, back then it was three fifty sevens, and, um, what else? It was, uh, cross tops and pink hearts and, wow. Yeah, it, those aren't Lucky Charms, kids, and they weren't no. caffeine pills back then. But um, yeah, I had uh, a uh, a habit, and at that age, I, yeah. it wasn't a heavy habit, but it was like, okay, I'm gonna eat four or five. Hey, my friends would take one; I would take five.
0: Hmm. Right. Should've yeah, known I it more than life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> With everything, it, it's all right. We'll get into that later too. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So, my first year in high school, I, I mean, I, I grew up as a, as what they refer to as a halfy kid back then, because mm-hmm. I'm half Chinese and half white, and, I mean, we moved around a lot when I was a kid because my dad was a military contractor, so it was like boom, 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 different place, different place, different place, so when I finally felt at home when I was drinking and when I was using it, really felt like I was home. Yeah. So. That was a really powerful thing for me, and I also had spent most of my childhood defending myself because, well, it, when you're the only non-white kid, there's one black kid, there was one kid who was Native American, and there was me. Right. That's it. Everybody else was white, so I used to get the living shit kicked out of me all the time. and But when I was using, everything was fine. Mm-hmm. So the more I used, the less I had to feel less than. So it, 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 it kind of came to a head when I was a freshman in high school and we came, we moved from Canyon Country up by Magic Mountain down to San Diego. Right. And when I got here I freaking hated it It was it was sunshiny and it was it was pretty and it was pristine and it was ooh. Yeah. You, you lived in LA. The first time you come to San Diego, you're like, dude. Oh, I know. Well, I'm well, like, dude. What,
0: what, what? <laughs> you could eat off the ground here. This is gross. Where do you, can you buy tar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, right. No, no San. Diego, it was so clean. Yeah, it's such a clean. Well, I don't know. I mean, right now it still looked clean. Last time I was there, <laughs> but in the '90s it was like literally like Disneyland. It was like oh, yeah. Land City.
1: Well, in the early in the mid '80s, it was worse. Except for downtown. downtown by words,
0: we mean even cleaner. Ew.
1: Yeah, it, it means to everybody else it means better, right? We're right, So, So <laughs> um, I came down here, and about a year or so later, I mean, I smoked pot here and there. I was going to one of the bougie high schools, and um, I used to hang out with the punk rockers. That's where I learned how to do the poppy thing that we were talking about uh-huh. and all of that. Yeah. And uh, I never liked to slow down. I always liked to speed up.
0: hmm Right, you like to go up, and down as uh, opposed to downtown.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. For anybody oh, yeah, who yeah.
0: doesn't get our reference, we're talking about speed versus, you know, opiates.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would much rather have Neil Pert on my chest doing the drums. For those of you who are young, uh, Neil Pert is the drummer from Rush. Was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's what? Was, was.
0: <laughs> he drummed himself into a hard way. Well, <laughs> but still, but yeah. That's- yes,
1: yes. I would much rather have my my brain doing 300 miles an hour than being neutral.
0: Exactly where I was like Billie Holiday, and I'd rather be dripping off a fucking tree. Just like, see,
1: I, I, and I spent my early childhood high out of my mind. So, you know, I I was like, holy shit, what is this? You know, even with the crosstops and all that stuff. So when I came to San Diego, you know, I smoked a little weed, I hung out with the punkers, and there was a picture going around school that we took when we were just joking around. And this is pre camera phone and all that other shit yeah. and it was of me and i had long hair in the front so i had my head tilted to the side and i had a big straw on my nose and there was a pile of of what looked like cocaine about two inches high and about six inches long and i was just doing it right and it wasn't it, it was as a joke yeah you know um it was powdered sugar and uh when he was developing it in photo class, one of the teachers saw it, immediately recognized me. I got suspended. Oh, wow. And I I ended up at a continuation school. And, you know, I first day of fucking class, I go outside and I'm getting high with one of the guys from class. And he's like, hey, man, you want some of this? And I'd done cocaine a couple of times. I was like, hey, you know what? It did, didn't do it for me. It doesn't last for long enough. Huh? He's like, this isn't cocaine. This is crystal uh-huh. meth. I'm like, what the hell's crystal meth, dude? And I have crystal meth in Los Angeles? We had cocaine. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so he crushes it up and I do it. And I was off to the races. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It was like taking off in, a, in an airplane the first time. Scared and, and my hands were sweaty. And at the back of my neck, all the hair was standing up. And I was like, holy shit. If I thought that I found it before, I definitely found it now. Right. And um, I was literally off to the races at that point Um, by the I barely I remember high school here and there. um, I was tweaked out of my mind most of the time. Um, I realized what was going on right before my senior year. And I was just like, I've got an issue. You know, and I'm not talking about the kind of issues that you and I talk about.
0: But, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: so I I went I went and did this thing called Outward Bound.
0: I've heard of that. I told I guess I know what that is. Okay.
1: I did I did three days, four days, and three nights at Joshua Tree National Monument. We had to pack in all of our own food. We had to pack in all of our own water. We had to pack in everything, and it was really an eye opener for me because it was the first time that I had stopped doing meth since I had started it my freshman year. Yeah. So I started smoking weed again and you know, because you know, weed's natural, you know, how could that hurt you? Yeah, you know, and I could drink some, <laughs> that's fine. Um so it probably took about two or three years. I was I was a bank teller at Wells Fargo. I was uh I was taking sixteen units at community college, and I was a busboy at a Japanese restaurant. So I was doing the things.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: And um, I was still smoking weed and and doing little here and there's for uh, for one of the guys that I worked for, and um, it started getting really bad again. And I was like, okay, I'll be I'll be all right, you know, I'll be all right. And uh, my girlfriend and I moved up to Escondido into a house and. And I got a promotion at work and, and everything was going great. And I dropped out of school and, and I quit my second job because, you know, I didn't have enough time to do all that. And um, it was the beginning of the end for me. Um, it got to where where it started, I'll just do some on Friday. And then I have to do some on Friday and Saturday because we're going out Saturday night. And then I have to do some Sunday because I have to work on Monday, so I need some for Monday, right? And if it's Monday, I mean, what am I supposed to do yeah. on Tuesday? You know? And then it was That's it was it was Friday through Wednesday, and then well, Wednesday the weekend's coming up, so I got to re up real quick there, and then before I knew it, I was I was back off to the races, yeah. and within. Jeez. At the end, it took me about six or seven months to go from being a bank teller, being a new accounts rep, having access to the vault as a vault teller, um, to stealing cars and being arrested seven times. Wow. Um, I saw the inside of every county jail in San Diego County in under a year. And it was the last time that I got arrested. Well. The depths of the disease took me to places that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And I was delusional. I was having audio hallucinations. I was having I was having visual hallucinations because you can't stay up for 14 days and not at least have that.
0: No, right? without the trash cans moving. It's right, never right, right, right. And
1: the shadow people hanging out. Oh, you know, oh yeah. <laughs> They're talking to me in seven eleven. Hey, and vet- go get some oh. of that. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey. We're hiding inside of the fire alarm right now, so whatever you do, don't take it apart. Yeah, 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 yeah that sort of thing. <laughs> so, I mean, I the broad stroke is that uh, I was driving my truck, a bright red lowered Toyota pickup truck oh. at 4 o'clock in the morning on my way back from Poway of all places, which is like being in the sticks. Right. And um, I look up in my rearview mirror and I see a cop car. I'm like, I am going to freaking jail. So I look down and both of my windows are down. My exhaust is so loud, you can hear me coming from like a mile away. And I thought I was Mr. Cool because, you know, I was, I was all I thought about. So (laughs) I look up, I look over my shoulder and my seatbelt's not on. So I do the, the, the hand coming out of the shoulder routine to grab the seatbelt because he's looking at me. So I, I try to do it on the slide and I can't find it. <laughs> I can't find the buckle. And the light goes green. So I pull away from it and I hear, tick, 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 tick. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with my truck? I'm probably dragging something behind me and this cop's going to see like sparks and pull me over. I'm going to go to jail. So I put my thumb inside of the seatbelt and I bring it across my body and I've got my right hand hitched into my pocket so that way it looks like I'm wearing my
0: seatbelt. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I still hear this damn noise. Tick, 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 tick. What the heck is going on here? You know, and the cop pulls up next to me and the light goes green and I I go to pull away real slow. I'm like, my truck's going to blow up. Yeah, what? This, cop, this cop's going to pull me over. He's going to find me with drugs. going to find me with a gun. I'm going to jail. I'm screwed. Yeah. And the cop pulls up next to me, and as I slow down, I'm going I'm like, I know it's my motor. It has to be the motor. You know, I'm still, my, my thumb is going numb because I, I've got it cinched so hard trying to pretend like I have the seatbelt on. Right, yeah. And the cop pulls up next to me at the traffic light. The traffic light goes green. I'm getting ready to make a left hand turn. He honks his horn and looks at me and motions for me to roll down my window. I roll down my window. He goes, hey, it might be easier for you to wear your seatbelt if the buckle wasn't hanging out the door. No! <laughs> One of those,
0: oh, yeah. Man. One of
1: those things that should have been a wake up call, but wasn't. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 the depths that my disease took me to.
0: Right.
1: You know. Um, <laughs> oh, just another l- really weird one. Well, we'll get into that later, I'm sure. So, I was hearing voices. I was talking to the shadow people and I got arrested all those times. The last time I got arrested, um, I was in my mini truck again. I had all these tools for, for tearing apart cars in, in the back of my truck. I saw an open garage. I stole the car that was inside of the garage and the miner that was with me drove my truck. Oh. Oh, and we God. pulled And we pulled into the parking lot to, to strip the car. And there's a cop car sitting there. They're like, hey, where are the plates on that car? Get out of the car. And they pulled their guns. I hit the gas and I, I, I go to leave. And the kid who was driving my truck blocked off my exit. And that was the end of that.
0: Thanks so much to Jerry for being on Radio Rehab this week, and thanks so much to Jerry for driving me home in the 90s when I was dope sick and maybe dying, and for still being my friend, even though I was using, because as it turns out, I was able to accomplish five years at some point. Jerry has 25 years. Big difference. I'm so grateful to him for being in my life, and I'm so grateful that I got to share his story with you. Stick around for the next episode where we get to hear more of Jerry's story. If you want to be on the show or you know anyone who should be on the show, please contact us. The email is radiorehab at radiorehabatgotoproductions.com. That's G-O-T-O productions.com. You can also call or text 415 496 even when we're not in studio. And on all the socials, it's at Radio Rehab Dana, D-A-Y-N-A. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back.